Hello, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, a show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. If you recently discovered this podcast, stick around and listen. Become a regular. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. The topic today is iconic album art, paintings, photos, text, no text, and even the lack of art, such as Metallica's Black Album. More on that in a moment. For artists, album art can be looked at as the calling card, the brand, the marketing material for the music within. I want to dig into this more than just saying the band did this and the artist did that. I want to think about how album art shapes the look and feel and even the intent of the music that is inside the package. Without further delay, back from his mountaintop sabbatical and making his triumphant return to the studio, the handler of spirits, the bringer of mayhem, my good friend, Paul Ramey. Black sabbatical. That'd be a good name for a band. That would be Black Sabbatical. What's that? Black. Oh, I tell you what, we got we got some new shit in the studio today. I know. Uh, I wonder what it sounds like out there. I don't out know. There TV, there's uh, lights. Yeah, we it's got mission more, control. More lights, more stuff. Got timers going. Got the iPad Pro going. It's cool in here, but not too cool. It it's is. Nice. It I'm, is. I'm we can, a good time. We can adjust the lighting if we need to. We got some good booze. You brought something with you today. Yes, Tell I us did. about the booze. Uh, well, they've been advertising the hell out of it. It's it's blackened whiskey. It's uh, Metallica partnered with. Uh, Dave, whatever the hell his name is, can't read his last name, but anyway, says it's a blend of straight whiskey finished in black brandy casks. And they say, which I know it's kind of gimmicky, but they they pump music into it, you know, what, what do you call Maturing. it? Maturing, yeah. yeah. And it's supposed to agitate the, the alcohol and help get flavor and stuff into it more. I don't I know. I think it's but, fantastic. Yeah. I do. I mean, it, the sh- sound waves would do that. And I mean, they, they te- just, Well, know. and they tell you what they use. They're using the latest Metallica S&M uh, album is what they're shooting into <laughs> nice. it. So. But it's kind of funny. You hear the commercials on there. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think James is a teetotaler now. And it's just, yeah, it's just kind of wild, isn't it? Yeah, but it's cool. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Like gimmicks aside, it's supposed to be a very good, very good uh, very cool. whiskey. So and we'll this see. is this is batch 107. It's a 45% alcohol by volume uh, 90 proof. Alcohol. There's there's other flavors, right? Besides blackened, they've got some other ones. Is that right? This is the only Metallica whiskey. That's the only the blackened. Okay. Yeah, I think I don't know if this Dave Pertnell or what's what's his name. Can you read there on the front? I can't. Uh, I, yeah, I can't tell. Dave Pictwell. Maybe Pick, I think he Pixel. makes some other stuff. Know. We should probably look it up. I might do that. Check yeah, the, it's check cool. The show bo- notes. I like the bottle. It's cool bottle. And I like the collar. We've already poured some here, and it's got a. What would you say that reminds you of? It's a. It. Color-wise, it's it's on par with about a nine-year-old whiskey, mm-hmm. honestly. So I don't know. The the it sherry smells good. The too. sherry cask probably has a lot to do with that. It, sherry, it, yeah. Oh, sherry. Oh, it's uh, it's bottled uh, by Sweet Amber Distilling in Mineville, New York. Mm-hmm. I I don't know them, so I. It was hard. I, to I'm find. kind of excited about this, actually. So we're gonna go ahead and try this now. Yeah, yeah. Know? Go ahead. I want to I want to see your reaction because you're you're uh, that's a lot of whiskey there. Man, the, it's in your nose. Yeah, the first bite you get a hug from it. I gotta know. I like how it lines the glass. It really sticks to the glass well. I mean, I'm not really trying to be a connoisseur here, but it, that, it smells good. It looks good. Lining the glass is that good? Yeah, it just it just kind of cascades and whew, sticks to the edges, which means it's going to stick to your mouth and all that. I'm going to try. All right, it. I know what I think, and I want to hear what you think first because I don't want to uh, corrupt your. Uh, your thoughts here. It's strong to me, but that is a really good whiskey. Lots of flavors in it. Yes, but it's not. Uh, there's a spice to it that I like real yeah. well. 
And that's probably from the sherry, sherry cask. Wow. I don't know what you paid for it, but I I would go as high as 50 bucks for that. I think it was right around that. Yeah. 50 or 60. That's a, that's a good glass of whiskey right there. And we're drinking it neat. No ice. Um, no additives. No water. Um, I don't like the aftertaste of whiskey normally. But mm-hmm. see, I like the aftertaste of this a lot. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I think this could really fuck you up. You think? Or, yeah. I, I just... Being 90 and so easy to drink. Because it's very smooth. Uh, I'm surprised. I don't... Uh, I don't know. It... Uh, to me, it, it's kind of um, like it's a little bit Jack Daniels ish to me, but but like with like more of a woody flavor and a lot smoother, and maybe yeah. maybe um, I don't know. It's like the burn is still there, but it the first taste hit is a little bit like watered down Jack Daniels, but yet the aftertaste is yeah is really nice. It's very warm. I get more of a Canadian whiskey kind of a flavor. Well, out of you it. could tell more than I could, but that's just me. Um, I'm not a huge fan of jack daniels right and this is good so i'm gonna disagree with you on that one. Well, well i'm saying it's it reminds me of that i'm not saying i don't like yeah, jack yeah, yeah. Dan- i don't like jack daniels straight i like the the honey the jack daniels yeah honey, yeah yeah but i don't like straight jack daniels but they did package it well speaking mm-hmm. let's let's get this into the uh the topic of the day it is packaged well they've got blackened written on it it's a it's a really cool bottle it's got an edgy look to it it's not not over the top i mean it's not like a no. like a kitschy type bottle or anything like that. Nothing wrong with those either. I, you know, we've had them, but, uh, there's like a sound wave, a black Mm -hmm. sound wave behind the word blackened, which is kind of cool. And of course, blackened is a, is a, the opening track on the, and justice for all record. Yeah. Which I liked and justice for all. I I watched a little bit of a documentary (laughs) last night, um, about it. And of course, you know, the comment of the bass line came up and the the bottom end and things. But, it you know, for the time, it was different. It was what they were doing. It's what they wanted to do. It, it's their artistic that expression. That's going to make it right just because they wanted to do it. Right, right. Um, there I, should have been some bass you, on there. But I, for the most part, I even as a bassist, I like that mix. I like yeah. that real flat mix. I remember James saying or Lars saying something about we wanted it to sound the same in a, in a $3,000 home stereo as it did in a shitty $100 car stereo yeah. and it really does yeah I mean, it, does. It, it hits it good. Does. there's there's something to be said for that but, yeah but it, they could have had a little bit of bass on yeah it. yeah it it fell apart compared to say master of puppets and and some of their earlier work there and and speaking of their work uh i wanted to bring up the black album because i watching that documentary james hetfield had mentioned that uh the black album was that whole cover design was basically to get away from the idea that he didn't want you to be focused on the art he wanted you to be focused on the music but but there is it's not black that's the thing there is cover art on there right yeah the the snake is that right the snake from the um oh what's that called that flag the uh, don't tread on me yeah flag. there's yeah, yeah. there's a name for Gatson the Gatson flag okay yeah yeah and then there's Metallica like diagonal yeah across the the uh, corner of it yeah it is it is creatively done yeah it's different um, I like their old artwork better you know Master of Puppets kind of has the 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 puppeteer type thing going on and. Uh, Ride the Lightning is pretty cool. Uh, not so much a big fan of the Up Your Ass <laughs> type uh, cover design they had there a while back. But, uh, you know, they got, they got good cover art. But I got to ask Justice you. Justice is a great cover. I, it I, is. And I it like really the Black is. Album. It's a great cover. Really, I think what, what's that, uh, that semen and blood thing that's on load? 
I mean, that's yeah. actually kind of a cool cover too. It's it is different. I don't yeah. like the album, but yeah. And then they had the what Death Magnetic. That's a great cover. It is. It is because it's it it and, looks like a magnet sitting around a bunch of iron shavings. Yeah, as a, in the shape of a casket. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. What uh, I I guess we'll get started with this as far as looking at the different albums and the details. What what are some of the albums that really stick out for you as I have to buy that album because of that cover. And I, and I know, and let me back up here for a second. In modern era, we, I think we're getting away from the album art a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, it doesn't, I remember when I was a kid, it was like you'd walk into a music store and be like, oh, I gotta have that. You know, the, the album art almost sold the album if you didn't know the music. I mean, it really, oh, yeah. I, I shouldn't say almost, it pretty much did. Well, for me, I, I would go in the media play in Columbus. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it was a, it was a gigantic Best Buy esque kind of store, but it was all, it was all cassettes, and then later on CDs and music related stuff. Kind of like um, what they got. Well, I think Fye's gone. I don't. Yeah. Is there any Sam Goody's are all? I think pretty much gone. But yeah, I think everything's. Gone I don't know if there's gone. anything compared to. But this was a huge store, and I would drive an hour north uh, on the south end of Columbus to uh, go here, and I would just go to the metal section and look at covers and see if, and I would try albums. Like, that's how I discovered Epidemic. Um, I think that's how I discovered uh, Entombed, a lot of these older, mm -hmm. like, death, I was real into death metal then. I got this band that I had to have called Kill Billy, and it looked, the album cover was great. <laughs> and if I remember right, it was like a banjo with a, uh anarchy symbol on the inside of the banjo, and it just looked killer. But it wasn't, it was just like bluegrass. And I oh, wasn't wow. really into it. So, you know, that, that look at the, the album cover bit me on that one. Yeah. I, as as a kid, uh, and I know this is going to be cliche since we're talking about album art, but Iron Maiden always had, to me, and, and we've talked about album art before in some of these other episodes. Mm -hmm. I don't want to bring up the same same old thing, but, and and there's going to be a point to this show. So everybody listen. If you're not really into the music we're listening to or, or referencing, this, this applies to all album art, really, not just the kind of music we like. Um, but Iron Maiden... Uh, Derek Riggs was the artist for all the album covers for uh, for Iron Maiden. In fact, he did did one for Iron Maidens too. Uh, the cover band that's all female. Oh, really? Yeah, he did theirs, that's which is cool. it's a it's a really the uh, I don't know what Eddie's name is for them, but um, really scary, really scary, like zombie Edna. woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Edwina. I don't know, but uh, and he he does a lot of art anyway, but. On his website, there's a lot of um, little-known things on there that is kind of fun to see. Uh, I guess the pole from the Killers album, the pole that's in the background, the light pole, yeah, next to the brick wall sidewalk area. I guess that still exists. It's got its own Facebook page. <laughs> well, that's kind of <laughs> cool. The pole does, which is it's kind of neat. But you know, you got somewhere in time, Killers, peace of mind. Oh, the one's on my—it's on tip of my tongue now, and I—I I didn't write it in my notes. I should have. Uh, I don't remember. Isn't that interesting, though? You got—you know—these are album cover arts and arts. These are album cover art that it's not like it's not necessarily a guy trying to paint the Sistine Chapel or you know doing a a fine art painting that is going in a right. gallery, but yet. This is stuff that becomes iconic and that is going to be seen more than any of that that stuff. I mean, I would say that 
I'll, some of this Iron Maiden cover art is more recognizable than the Mona Lisa. It's definitely maybe the next yeah. famous painting that there is. Yeah. For sure, the wall is a famous, yeah. iconic piece of cover art. Absolutely. I mean, I mean the I'm dark sure, side of the moon, that yeah. one that one really stands out right. to me a lot. It's real simple. But people don't look at that. I, I don't think it's looked at as art. It, on the same level of this other art, it's not as, but yet you're reaching yeah. more people. It's, it's more, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's more popular yet. It's kind of looked down upon more maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess it's not in the fine art halls. Right. I guess. Um, it should be, there should be a whole gallery down yeah, yeah. just to cover art. Yeah. I remember, uh, probably 20 years ago, I went through an art show. It was in a museum too. I don't, I don't remember exactly where, I was young, but it really stuck out to me. A guy did a uh, a series of paintings of album art as if it was museum art. So they were all oh, that's cool. uh, done up like the albums, but and it was albums that didn't really exist, but it was the artist that you knew. So like he had one from Ozzy Osbourne um, as a solo act because uh, it's like I said. It was 20 years ago so he all, was, he all was already selling a great album cover oh it is it is um, and on the album it come it was you know big gatefold and huge picture oh yeah, and had the yeah, whole thing. yeah i love that um thank you for saying that too because actually made me think of the uh the one from iron maiden the uh the 666 album the uh number of the beast number of the beast thank you uh that one is actually intriguing because from what i understand Derek riggs didn't actually do that for the album he just did it and they were like, this works out great for what we're about to record. And they put it together, and it worked perfectly oh, wow. for the album. But it was, um, you know, you've got Eddie as the puppeteer of Satan, who is the puppeteer of Eddie. Right. <laughs> or something, or another character in there. And you've got uh, almost like Dante's idea of what hell looks like, and it's got all the little people, you know, suffering, I guess. But uh, it, it's... That album cover is pretty cool. I think uh, it, it really sells the album. You know, uh, it looks evil, it looks scary, uh, and for the time frame, it was scary and evil. You know, for I mean, there was a lot of backlash on that album, and and those guys aren't evil, <laughs> right? <laughs> so but it's like you know, um, it's funny how you're quick to uh, you're quick to demonize a musician for using satanic imagery or uh, horror imagery. And that's bad, but those same people will go out and watch uh, Jason hack up a bunch <laughs> right. of people in a movie, or you know they don't they don't call Vincent Price a Satanist for right. playing one. You yeah. know, it's just it's part of the music yeah. sometimes. I mean, sometimes it is uh, part of their personality, and that comes through. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it's uh, a lot of times they forget that we're playing, we're 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 writing these songs from another person's perspective, just like when you're you're writing a a uh, a piece of dialogue for a character. It's it, it's not you necessarily. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Uh, in books, I mean, right. liter literature is like filled with all kinds of things that are just kind of creepy and and scary and you know. But that's okay. You know. Speaking of of that, I wanted to bring up Rush. Rush has some pretty iconic album covers. Yes. Uh, Moving Pictures one is the one that really sticks out to me, which was a studio album, and then Exit Stage Left was a live album that 
was around that same mm-hmm. time frame. Uh, but 2112, I didn't realize the the entire aspect of 2112, and I still really don't understand the idea of the of the pentagram being pushed away by the man. I don't. I probably should have looked into that more before we did this. But well, and it's and it's turned the wrong way. So is it still pentagram? Well, it's a pentagram, but it's not upside down right, or anything so. like that. It's not evil. Right. It's more of a hex mark, I guess, is what yeah, you, would, you would call it. Um, but I didn't realize 2112 was actually inspired by literature. Um, forgive me for not knowing the name. I, kn- I know she's a very controversial writer. Anne Rand. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Well, well, you're good at that. I, well, this, I'm a smart motherfucker, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so they, the Rush took a little <laughs> bit of back. <laughs> Rush took a little bit of backlash for after it came out that it was uh, Miss Rand uh, wrote the not the lyrics but the, uh, the the literature that inspired the entire process. But 2112 is really a dystopian type time frame. After you know, it's way off into the future and. Uh, they find a guitar and, you know, or Alex finds a guitar or somebody finds it in the story. Somebody finds a guitar and, and starts playing music again. But uh, ultimately, the album art shows the pushback against the totalitarian world. And I, I it now it makes sense to me. Right. But I don't know. I've never looked into it that that, that close. That's interesting. Yeah. It's it's like they're like pushing away this thing. And I, I don't know if the, the star, the pentagram, whatever, has any meaning in the lyrics, I'd have to go and really study the lyrics a little bit to do that. But I, I think that's quite interesting. I've always wondered that, you know, it's like, why, why they do that? And, you know, but, uh, Neil was, was a fantastic lyricist. I mean, it's just really, they're, they're the band, whether you like them or not, the, the band really had uh, a progressive footprint in the music. Well, industry. it's like the Beatles for me. It's, it's like how I, I may not be a fan of the Beatles, but they inspired so many yeah, so many, including Ozzy, they inspired so many of the the artists that inspired me. And Rush, even though yes, I'm every bass player is a Getty Lee fan in, in to some level mm-hmm. to respect that musicianship and and they have some songs that really jam. And I like one of the greatest live shows I've ever seen was seeing them uh, back in the day on the Vapor Trails tour, I believe. But it's not really something that I always gravitate towards to, to jam to, but just their influence on other musicians and yeah. and it's funny how Alex is so overshadowed by his <laughs> rhythm section that, yeah. that there's just you know you never hear anybody cite him as their their biggest influence but you always hear Getty Lee's always in the top three yeah. and Neil Peart is always in the top three of of drummers you and know? they they wouldn't have been rushed without Alex they really wouldn't have been no and I he mean, had an interesting style all to his own yeah. but he just kind of I don't know. It's just he kind of like a he's got like a Pete Townsend kind of thing going, and yeah. it's like a lot of his rhythms are complicated, and and there's a lot more going on there than what you really realize. Yeah, very melodic. Yeah, um, but he had they, they really. I will say this uh, between Getty and Neil, they really put the bottom end together, where it's so fucking tight that there was a lot of room for Alex to just create melodies and, mm-hmm. and things that really musically put it together pretty well. Uh, it was it was actually quite impressive. And I know Getty gets a lot of crap for his voice. You know, a lot of folks just don't get it. But I think it's 
It's a, I like it, and it fits them. So. It, it does fit them. I, you know, there was there was a lot of reference to uh, Led Zeppelin. You know, like like he's way too high, and all these other maybe their notes need to be down a little bit more. The keys need to be changed, but then it wouldn't be Rush. Right, it'd be Led Zeppelin. You know, right. It cuts, not everybody it cuts likes Robert Plant's voice either. I love you know he's one of my favorite singers ever. But yeah, that's yeah. what's great about not everybody wants a their walls painted black in their house. Some of them want right. Taupe or Future. I mean, it's yeah. what is great about this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Talking we, about covers, though, their uh, Rush's Roll the Bones yeah, cover is a very yeah, interesting cover I didn't to even me. Think about the new I always like that. Um, if I remember right, Vapor Trails was pretty cool, and they had a lot of artwork with that when I seen them live up on the big screen and made the cover come alive and stuff like that. That's cool. You mentioned Beatles, and uh, I, I, I have to bring up Abbey Road because it's a very iconic. Oh, yeah. And when folks listening, we don't play in this, we just, we just kind of dig into this together. He, Paul really doesn't know much about what we're talking about. I've been kind of giving him a little bit of a hint here and there, but musically, we're we're alike in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, we're quite different. Sergeant Pepper's another iconic. Yeah, it cover. is. I, what I what I like about Abbey Road though is there's no text. There's yeah. no they don't they don't plaster were the Beatles on it. It's kind of obvious they are, but and by the time they did Abbey, Abbey Road, everybody knows. But they're somewhat in step, but out of step. It's like every other one is on starting the left leg and the other one's starting the right leg. And and I guess it, to this day, that particular road crossing is is very famous. It's got a camera there. People can see what's going on. I haven't looked online to see what it is, but... You can look uh, on that live right now and see I, that. I believe so, cool. yeah. I, I'd like to... I, like I said, I'm not a... I don't really care for the Beatles' music, but I respect right. their legacy and what they've done. And yeah. I would love to cross that. Yeah, it'd be, like many, it'd know, be fine. It'd be fine. It would be. Uh, Dio... Dio holds a lot of oh yeah a lot of a lot of love in my heart for the different covers, but um, even even the Heaven and Hell days towards the end there, uh, the album art was just insane. It was just so visual. I mean, Led Zeppelin Four. It's another yes. one with no text. Yeah. It's funny yeah, you yeah. mentioned the documentary that you were watching about uh, Ozzy. I was watching one a couple weeks ago about Led Zeppelin Four. And how they fought with the record company so hard because they didn't want any. There was no. I didn't realize this at the time when it came out. There was no, literally no text on it. Didn't even say anything. It was had nothing on the back either. It just really? had one little thing of when it was pressed. I think. Yeah. And. But the was, but the image. Just the, describe the image for our listeners. Ah, uh, it's a what is it? It's like an old dude with a thing of sticks on his back, and yeah. it looks like it's a picture hanging on like a marble wall or something. Just trying to. Yeah. I don't. You know. I haven't. I don't have it in front of me, but very folk artish. Yeah, and then it had the the four symbols on it. Yeah, and and they wanted to put this out in the record company for reek. They just were not going to do it. And I mean, they threatened to just not do the album. Then I mean, they stuck, stuck to the guns and and they did it. And everybody bought it. Everybody knew it was Led Zeppelin. It's just weird. There's certain bands that can just do that. And yeah, and you know, yeah, I think that's interesting. And then I don't know who. Took the picture. Who painted it? Who did any of that? Yeah, I don't but, either. But what's what's funny to me is you mentioned um, you mentioned like the Abbey Road, and it's a photograph, and you start thinking of some of these that are digital art, some of them are fine art, some of them are um, photographs, and I, I got thinking about um, three of them jump out in, in my mind immediately, and one of them is uh, um, Skid Row's Slave of the Grind. Oh, that yeah. was a fine art painting that yeah. that that Sebastian Box. Um, dad he was a he oh, was an artist right. yeah, and yeah, he yeah. did that painting and he wanted to use that for the album cover and they did and it's a it's a killer cover 
But that's that's a painting, and that wasn't done for the album. That was just done. Yeah. Then you got uh, Allison Chain's Dirt. So all this time, I thought that was some kind of digital manipulated painting kind of thing. Well, no, that's a photograph, and I saw a behind the scenes of it in a magazine where they were talking about this this um, photographer that did it, or um, it was like maybe the anniversary of the album. I can't remember. But it was really cool. It actually had a this. They were talking to the 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 woman who was the uh, the model for it. Okay. So there was an actual live human being that was in that dirt that was about, I don't know, what is it, about six, eight inches deep. Yeah. She's in it, and they covered her up partially, and they took this picture, and then they added all this other stuff to it. Oh, wow. I had no idea. It's so well that, done. That, that's, you know, a photographer set that yeah. up. This, you know, this is photographic art. Yeah. Very cool. And then um, Euthanasia um, by um, Megadeth, yeah. where it's got all the babies on the, on the yeah, um, yeah, yeah. clothespins and stuff, and they showed how it's a real famous photographer, and I cannot m remember his name, but he did this, and I remember seeing a behind-the-scenes of it of how he shot it like on a on a really large, like a, what do you call it? Like a, a boom. Like a boom, yeah. yeah. He way up and shooting it down, and everybody was kind of laying on the ground, but looked like they were in the oh, air in just yeah. a different way, and then yeah, they manipulated yeah. it totally digitally. And I just never, I didn't know that. I couldn't tell that from yeah. looking at it. I just thought it was cool. There's but, so much artistry in, in not only painting, but photography and the way they do exactly. everything. It's just crazy. And knowing the mechanics of it and and all that goes into it, I never would have yeah. considered. But it's a killer. I don't love that album. There's a couple songs on I love, but I love that album cover art. To yeah. me, it's it's modern, iconic um, Yeah. to some ends. To some degree, I I get a little bit irritated with iTunes sometimes because I lately have been going in there and you know they change the thumbnails every now and again to get you excited about something new and it's mm -hmm. the same thing just like Netflix does the same thing with right. movies. Uh, but I I'm getting kind of bored with the the band shots on like a negative background, you know whatever right. you know neutral background I should say it to me it harkens back to shooting the local band against a brick wall or on the train tracks. It's just so fucking cliche and annoying. I, I did that. I had band shots done on Not from me. No, but back in millennia, 1993, we yeah, shot. Yeah, that was, I saw that album cover. That, that wasn't. Well, it was just a cover. I don't think we used it for an album cover, but. Yeah, well, yeah, photo. Uh, I don't. But we did use the brick wall shot at the from down into at the rail yard for our Mark II lineup when we put out our first oh, album. Oh, you did? So, yeah. I didn't know that. Why didn't I not, did I not see that? I don't think I have that one. But I get it. There's too many. It's all these live yeah, shots yeah, behind them. Yeah, make, yeah. Uh, it's some kind of black background or something. And I get it. Yeah, that's not... I'm not necessarily... Especially when it's a band that's got killer... I'm like Kill Switch yeah, Engage. Yeah. That's another newer band. It's got always... They always knock it out of the park with album cover yeah. part. Um, I remember reading... It, this makes me even think... Dang, it's it's getting my brain actually thinking a little bit. Really? For probably what? Getting, yeah, right. It's actually turning... Uh, Joey Lawrence, not the actor, but the photographer, uh, did a photography uh, gig with uh, Disturbed. And, oh, wow. Yeah, actually. Uh, <laughs> you probably remember the album cover where it looks like broken glass and you're seeing seeing them through stuff and all that. And I don't remember that. Now. Everybody thinks that was done digitally, but he legitimately had broken glass in front between the lens and them. Hmm. And it was, you know, just... Cool stuff. Uh, Joey Lawrence is a fantastic photographer anyway. Uh, does a lot of stuff for A&E and History Channel. And so you, you've probably seen his work, didn't realize it was his. Right. Uh, but 
but uh, I still call him a kid because I, I think he's he's young. Uh, he's he's a full grown man now, but <laughs> I mean, we're talking like I, I want to say before he was nineteen years old, he was shooting like legitimate gigs for high end clients, and that's insane. That just just insane. Such a such a talent in the world of photography, but. Uh, uh, Megadeth, you mentioned Megadeth. Uh, Rust in Peace, one of my yes, favorite albums. I, I figured yes. you was going to ask me at some point what my favorite album cover of all time is. Yeah. If I had to, it's just so hard to, I don't have them all in front of me, but that is definitely in the top five. Yeah. Rust in Peace is a great yes. album cover. Yeah, and that's the one with the uh, with Vic Rattlehead holding the the green heart of the alien. Is that right? Yeah, that's all, yeah, yeah. Heart or Jim or something. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and it looks like during Area 51 yeah. in the background. And yeah, I love that. The blue color and yeah. everything. Who did that in the uh, winter? I don't know. I have to look that up. Uh, I really like the Countdown to Extinction uh, cover. It's just an old guy. Yeah. Uh, very Jesus-like in, in that, like, he's skinny, wearing a lot of just a, like, a white towel around whatever to hide his junk from, <laughs> you know, that time of that time frame. But... Uh, to me, that's a that's a pretty iconic image too, because he's like in a cell and hungry. You know, it's like, is that the future? We're all going to be locked up in rooms and hungry, and I don't know. Um, I actually had a thought as I was talking about that. I was like, oh, it's all knowing. Yeah, it really, really made me think of something else. Uh, poison. I wasn't really a big fan of Poison back in the day, but uh, I remember when they come out, and um, everybody's like, who's who are those chicks? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Ricky Rock is pretty hot with makeup on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they had they had the one that got censored because that the big tongue. Remember uh, that? I remember that. Yeah, they they censored that that whole tongue thing. I I can't remember which one that was. Who let the cat drag in? Or who did cat drag in? <laughs> who let the who cat, let, who drag let cat out? I don't. <laughs> who let the this dogs whiskey out? hit me? Kind of hit hard, man. <laughs> Look what the cat dragged in. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the one. Um, you know, I, I don't know. We make fun of a lot of, like, we make fun of Nickelback, or I make fun of Nickelback on the show quite a bit. But I couldn't tell you one album cover they got. I couldn't oh. either. And they tell you to look at this photograph, but I don't have a fucking clue <laughs> what it is. Um, That's a good one. You got me. <laughs> Striper. Striper yeah. had a lot of cool album covers. They did, they did. Um, how, well, go ahead. I was going to ask, how do you think these, I mean, really, how do, you, how do you think this puts it all together like a package, though? I mean, it's important. I, you, a lot of old guys, music lovers, I talk about it. Listening to, you get the album. It's huge. Yeah. You put it. You put it on. Sometimes it it has like a third flap that opens up. Yeah. And you sit. That's there, my favorite part. The, and the yeah, other pieces. And you sit there and you look at the album cover and you're reading the words, and it's immersive. It's 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 tangible. Music isn't tangible. You're listening to it. It's a feeling. It's spiritual. Um. Man, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because yeah. I still I still remember that. Unfortunately, my daughter's generation has lost that. My grandson will not know anything about it unless I try to show this to yeah. him. Yeah. But but you you listen to it, and and it's taking you. You are going on a journey. Now you can get that from the videos and stuff sometimes. And I'm not saying that, that that's wrong. I'm not saying that's the same thing, but. Just downloading a single on iTunes is not getting you into that album. I remember listening to Ultimate Sin from start to finish all the time, mm-hmm. and and you know the album cover art and everything that was you know to do it was cool. Right. 
the generation before me, you know, they'd talk about cool album covers. Journey had awesome album covers. Yes. I remember seeing that in my mom's collection. Yeah. I'd be like, oh. The illustrations were just yeah. fantastic. And it made the music even cooler. It yeah, just yeah. took you to just those colors and just the way it is. It just, it, there's a reason why why they don't, why they say red paint makes, uh, you know, in a room makes people anxious and right. yellow does this and white does that. Right. It, there's something to that. There is, we are a visual animal. We, yep. we take visual cues. And all the way up into the Black Album, I can remember being so excited to get in that. I remember going to Street Beat and getting the cassette <laughs> and open up to J-Card and flipping through the, and reading the lyrics and looking at the pictures and, and the, it had the the photographs of the band and their right. faces on there, yeah. but they're they're that's kind of you know faded right. in there. And I was looking at man, I was getting into it, and I'm listening to, you know, the deep tracks on it, God that fails, and my friend yep. of misery, and some of these, and and it just takes you to a place, man. Yeah, it's it sensory, is fucking cool. It's sensory overload yes. for your head because you're hearing it, you're seeing it, you're feeling it. Eventually, when the goosebumps happen, and you're you're you just you know you're you're kind of going through the whole gambit, gambit. Gamut. I don't know. The gambit. I'm the, drunk. The gamut. I I, I, I don't know. But. I, I just think I think we're missing that. There's a collaboration among this is the thing I love about music. There's a huge collaboration in an album between audio engineers and musicians. Producers. And producers and artists and lyricists and I mean there's just you got all of the arts and, producing one final piece. Right. Getting it, to go getting it all to go on the one out, you know, now you've got this piece of art. Now there's another guy that is that has to figure out how to make that look right on a cover. Yeah. It it there is so much yeah. into it. And art direction. We have right. art direction. I mean, it's it's bigger than just saying, I mean, at the at the local level, I get it. You got the band hires a guy or has a guy that they know that can take pictures. Hey, you got a nice camera. Can you get pictures of our band? I get that. All the way up to Big budgets where they're spending like Def Leppard on the Hysteria album, uh, five, six million dollars to get that produced. And right. they haven't That's sold a single a cool album, album yet. Too, by the way. It does. Um, <laughs> and lots of lots of big hits on that album, by the way. Um, not a huge fan of Def Leppard either, but I do like them. There's some, I, I like Pyromania quite a bit. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but it's like you put all this together. And it's like I say, it's a it's a massive collaboration among artists of all types, right. all walks of art. <laughs> right, right. Um, I don't know. That's that's really why I want to talk about it's this. Gone, today. It's gone away, and it is. And these visual artists are still. They're going to do videos, and they're going to do. Um, they're going to work in TV, and they're going right. to do set design. They're going right. to do. All, they're going to take wedding photos. Yeah. They're going to do whatever they got to do, but yeah. they're not going to be able to do album covers and stuff like that, like we know it. And it's yeah. a, it's. It's a shame, but but some of them are going into you know you use the stuff for um your YouTube um your YouTube picture that comes up right, when the right. when the the song's playing or your your um, playlist cover art. Yeah. Or there's still some stuff, but it's it's just a little bit different. I mean, it's, it's more marketing material now than it was. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the, maybe the times have changed where we use marketing material differently. I don't think we really realized how. How in the seventies and and maybe the start of the eighties, you wanted something that catch, caught people's attention, but you were trying to do something, you were trying to do something cool, and it wasn't so much trying to get that extra click. 
or yeah, a lot of people. I, I mean, I don't think, I think with like a lot of death metal and something like that, I think, yeah, you're trying to have shock value and you're trying to get some attention. You're trying to get somebody to talk about you. But, but when, when Zeppelin was putting out that album, they weren't trying to, they were trying to do something different mm -hmm. and they knew that it was going to sell regardless. The music was what was important. They wanted to do right. something artistic. Right. They wanted to do something that they could be proud of. And I think by and large, back then, that's what it was. Now you're trying to stand out in the, in, in the midst of a millions of other people. Back then you had record companies that, for better or worse, they were the gatekeeper that filtered out. They filtered out all the junk for you. Yeah. So, you know, then you had to pick between Britney Fox and Cinderella, not not a hundred of them. And, right. And that's right. another album cover I wanted to bring up. Cinderella's Long Cold Winter. There's nothing on it. It's all white. And then it's got their name and in, mm. in, in their logo font oh, yeah, and the yeah. Long Cold I Winter on it. That. I think it's a great it's a great fucking cover. And I can remember listening to that album with headphones on and just kind of looking through it. And there's nothing really to see. There's a band shot and it's all white, but it it was cool. It was well done. So it doesn't have to be elaborate to be artistic either just like the Black Album and some of these right, other ones. Right, uh, I remember, I, maybe they're not doing this anymore. I haven't seen it in a while, but like there's, uh, some albums have deluxe versions mm -hmm. on, on iTunes anyway. I don't know, if, or Apple Music. You I can download say. the PDF with the album cover. Yeah, and that, that helps, but, you know, I, I rarely go same. back. It's, it is not. It's not the same. Um, That's the only reason really for me to go, I think vinyl, I'm not a vinyl guy. Why do I want to put on a scratchy record and listen to this shit uh, <laughs> when I could listen to it? Right. But the thing that excites me about vinyl is album covers, album art. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I ordered the new uh, Killer Be Killed the other day, and I got button happy, and I was all excited to, to, <laughs> to get it. And uh, it, was a, it was an album. I don't own a record player. Yeah. So, but yeah. it was really cool to see that cover. Um, yeah. And... You know, it's larger than life, and and the actual records are collared. There's two of them in it, and they're um, they're like white, and they got black in them, and it's really cool. But I don't have a fucking record player. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. I'm I'm looking through my Apple Music catalog now, and I'm just I I kind of wish I would have looked at this even more. Oh, look, there's some All Walks of Art podcast art in there. I like that. Well, think about our album. I'm narcissistic. Cover. Okay, you shot our you shot our <laughs> album cover. Yeah, and it's a photograph, and we had an idea, and you brought it to life, and and uh, we are a a local band, a regional yeah. band. I mean, yeah. I guess we've sold albums out of the country and stuff too, but yeah. I don't try to oversell myself, you know. Right, right. Um, but it we are we are at the tail end of a dying medium, but yeah. it was important to us too do a real cover and have uh, have some real stuff to look at because it's important to us. And you look at that cover, you know what kind of band this is. Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah. it's, it, uh, it sets the stage yeah. for it. And when we did the Grimstone stuff, yeah, we did a, we did the, um, the USB release. There was no album, album cover, but we still included album yeah. cover art and yeah. lyrics and. That was fun too. Yeah. It I, the collaboration as far as being looking at at it as the artist side of things versus the musician side of things. You guys had 
no doubt some discussions about what you wanted and how you wanted to produce it and all those things. And then by the time I came in, it was, this is what we want. And you knew I could do it, but you just didn't know where it was going to go. And then the collaboration, the the creative minds that were in the room is what really led to the different pieces and parts. It wasn't just me saying, let's put the motorcycle here. Let's put the model here. Let's do this. It was more of a, what do you guys think? And let's work together. It was it was a collaborative effort that really put together uh, the final piece. And that's what a for, fun day. It was a fun day. It, 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 in fact, I still use it as my my uh, uh, my cover art for my my wallpaper on my computer. Right. Uh, the motorcycle part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have various things that we've done, you know, creatively. Back when I did did the Thirsty Muse thing, uh, and me and you and Ryan sat down with uh, Jaeger, some Jaegermeister, and we did mm-hmm. did a shoot there. And actually, I ended up using that to get a, a gig to do another job. Oh, where's where's my uh, residual? Yeah. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my, hey, I can do this. All right. Here's my example. Um, so, it was, you know, portfolio work is, is good for that. Um, I don't really know where I was going with that, but it's, it's one of them things where it's, to me, as an artist at least as a photographer in that term, I love the collaborative process. Now, for the painting and the drawing, not so much. However, if a band would come to me and say, hey, I want a painting of this or an album cover, I would do it. It's just going to cost a lot more than a photo session right? because of the time and, and all that. Uh, I'm not beyond putting two and two together and making a hybrid illustration with photos and stuff, which is something I've kind of wanted to do for a while. But... um I think anybody listening, there's there's so many things that we might be able to, as artists, do, whether you're a musician or a photographer or painter or whatever it is you do. Um, the music industry needs all of us. That's And really the video industry does too, the movies and things. It's the same way. Mm-hmm. You can look at movie posters and think the oh, same yeah. thing like you do with, with uh, music. But I don't know. It's just... Uh, What's the point we're driving here towards? Though? Well, we're, we're getting there. We have to do last call before we get to the point. Um, well, I mean, it's just, it's kind of sad that this is a... We do have, as artists, we got so... Um, we've seen our... I guess our well, our revenue stream is a good way to, to mention that. But but even just, just our... What's the word I'm looking for? Our... Options for creativity. Yeah. That's it. We've seen yeah. our options for creativity dwindling, and this is one thing that that I think once it's gone, it's it's never going to come back the same. I don't think. Yeah. We're just not going to do it if it's just not going to happen. I don't yeah. think we're. Yeah, you they, know, I'm holding on to a to a dead thing because I'm an old bastard and <laughs> I I still yeah. am doing that. But I don't think. You know. I, I mentioned my grandson. I'm trying to teach him to play. Yeah. I don't think if he finances his own album and, and or you know he plays and does that, there's not gonna there just isn't gonna be an album cover. Yeah. There's not gonna be an option for that. And yeah, I'm getting ready to do it again. So well, and, but, I I'll say it this way: at the consumer level, it's about content and absorbing the content. You know, and that's the scary part. This is the part that really kind of bites. At the consumer level, we we chew things up and we spit it out. We're done with it. Oh, I got the album. Yep, done. And I'm I'm as guilty as anybody else at this because 
you know, somebody might say, oh, that album's really good. I'll go pick it up, and I hardly ever listen to it. And I never look at the art, whereas it used to be a slower process mm -hmm. of going to the store and saying, oh, check that out. I want to buy that. Nobody had to recommend it. Right. And it was... Or even if they did, while you're looking at that, you know, you're, yeah. you're flipping through and yeah. you're seeing some other band that starts with K w. and you're like, yeah. oh, look at this. <laughs> right. You know? Right. As artists, this is, this is the part that's really kind of scary. You know, we, are we fading away? Are we becoming less important, you know, for the sake of content? And uh, I, I say that word in a, in a bad way because I just think it gets thrown around so much. Like, I want to be a content creator. I want to, I want to make money off of just creating content. And that, that's not good. Because your content becomes watered down. Right. Your content becomes less of a creative process and more of a manufacturing process to get something done. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know, I don't want to get too philosophical with it, but I do want to get started on last call. Because I think we finally reached that point. And uh, I'm down to a couple couple sips here. All right. Uh, and you can have the rest of mine. I know you like whiskey. <laughs> and you can have another glass before I leave, too. To oh, really? Yeah. I will do that. Because I'm going to chase it with Guinness after after we're done here. Oh, the yuck, yuck, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we've reached yes. the segment of the show where I ask rapid fire questions. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. To everyone, give basically to give everyone listening time to finish their drinks. And rapid fire has turned into a little bit of a longer part two of the show, which is fine with me because uh, sometimes I pour another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, let's go. I'll get her right. and run to the bar and get another drink. But anyway. We've all been there, ain't we? Yeah. I got to ask you, what's the earliest memory of album art for you? Chipmunks records. <laughs> Chipmunks records for sure. No, that's really? kind of what, no, yeah. Seriously? And that's kind of what got me. Some of those led to rock. You know, they had the yeah. Chipmunk pop, pop album, which had Tom Petty songs on it and stuff. So it's not like, yeah, you know, the Chipmunk rock yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. And, but uh, I had all those. And then I immediately, that always immediately springboards me to my first album. And when I say album, I'm talking, you know, this is records. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the big ones. Yeah. Thriller. You got Michael Jackson laying there sideways, and then you open it up, and he's got a little a little tiger cub. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, but you I don't see that. that till you open it up. Yeah. It's killer. Killer yeah. um, album cover, I think, you know, for the time and what it is. That's my earliest. That's my, my early. And then I think of Journey's uh, cover that's got the big red jeweled, like, bug thing or whatever. Yeah kind of deal with my mom having that those yeah. are those are my earliest album cover memories that kind of drew me to how about you i'm gonna go with uh i stole my brother's kiss album the, destroyer the, damn it that's the, another eight track uh that, oh, yeah, al yeah. that album cover really always kind of stuck out with me too destroyer he, he had the platinum kiss platinum album it was a shiny shiny jacket basically oh, yeah and you open it up and there's at least obviously at least one record in it but i think it had two I don't remember. Uh, then when I got, I got caught having it in my room. Oh, and, you, you bastard! Know, he's he's he was like six foot tall, and when he was twelve, uh, so I I got this shit kicked out of me basically, and and mom and dad decided to get me a a forty five record that I could. Oh, play. I thought you meant like a, a forty five gun to shoot your brother. <laughs> no, no, no. It had uh, it was Detroit Rock City on one side and Beth on the other. Oh. So it was, it was kind of funny. But I remember Casablanca Records. Actually, I can visualize that in my head. It was on Casablanca. So I was like, that's Isn't that Gene Simmons' own label? I believe it is. It might be. I don't know. But yeah, that's... And I'm I'm not a huge Kiss fan. Uh, I know we have friends who are. And um, 
I know it might be sacrilegious to to say that I'm not really a big fan of Kiss, but uh, it doesn't really do it for me at all. I mean, it really doesn't. I, it did when I was a kid, but it it kind of pushed me into the Aussie realm and mm. um, and later on in my teenage years into uh, Tesla and and some of the bands like that. And being a drummer, I, I listened to a lot of Rush, obviously. Uh, big fan of Dio, all that, but and even the jazz. We talked a lot about different album covers here, but Bitches Brew, yeah, Miles Davis killer album. Yeah, cover. Miles Davis has some fantastic album covers. Steve Vai's album covers are, yeah, yes, are over the yes, moon too. Yes. Man, they're just. I mean, they're they're very a lot of the jazz. I should say, and, and not not saying that he's jazz, but a lot of the jazz that I'm thinking of, they just have really classy looking covers. Yeah, but you know? you, and but why we're I mean I know we're wrapping it up, but you think about. It seems to be like a rock thing, and then jazz to a lesser degree. Um, and when I say rock, I'm saying all facets of rock. It's, yeah. it's you know, covers, man. Covers are, are important, and it's cool, and it sets the tone. Jazz, a little bit, but not so much. I think Miles Davis is, is one that he is so far uh, a he, um, head and shoulders above people when it comes to, to different kind of, yeah. uh, you know, album covers yeah. that's kind of a mirror of maybe the rock realm, but yeah. doing his thing. But then you think a country, I'm not really thinking of too many country album covers. It's usually the artist in a cowboy hat or, yeah. or the, yeah. or if it's a female, you know, she's on the front porch taking a step down or something, right. um, which is cool sometimes, yeah. but I just cannot think. That I'm sure there very, are. That to me, honestly, we got to jump in here and say this too. To me, country music albums look a little bit more like the suits saying, this is what we need for the cover. Versus the yeah. artist saying, this is what I want for the cover. Whereas art in heavy metal and hard rock becomes more of an extension of what the artist wants their cover to be. That sounds true, and I, I wonder if it is. Because I think... Yeah, I'd say it probably is. Yeah. I'm trying to... Is there any country album covers that you can think of offhand that... No. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's yeah, some I'd that are great, look. but yeah, I just can't think of... I Yeah. Because you wrapped it up right there, it's it's either a dog, a truck, or a guy in a hat, right? You know, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I don't. Anybody listening who likes country, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying. Raps another one where there are some cool, um, yeah, some cool. Yeah. But a lot of times it's just the artist, you know, standing there looking yeah. hard. Yeah. But there's cool. DMX had a really cool one um, where he's covered in blood, and there was just like a, it was just shot yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of those a lot the, of bling. The, <laughs> yeah, the original NWA where they're all kind of looking down at yeah, you. Yeah, I think that's a, lot a cool cover. There. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, number two. Some of the most iconic bands are known for their riffs, drum parts, dynamics, uniqueness of the vocals. Who really stands out to you as a band with the right album art for their sound? Maiden. It's just Maiden. Yeah. Always Maiden. Yeah. They got their... You think of... They're, they're ones that pull it off. You think of them and their album cover and their imagery as much as you do the music but not because it's like with kiss you do that sometimes you like yeah. like the the imagery is right there and it's excellent but the music isn't always yeah yeah up and, to par with the yeah. imagery and maiden and brings art. brings their art to life eddie comes out on stage and people lose their shit i mean it's it's fantastic oh, yeah. when i saw it's greatest show i've ever seen yeah all right given number three given the times we're experiencing the civil unrest the pandemic Oh, and just something going on. Yeah, and just plain screwed up world that we live in right now. How do you think this will get played out by artists and musicians alike? I think that the uh, next 10 years we'll answer that question and we'll see what uh, what kind of stuff we have. Um, 
I know that uh, in the nineties there was you know there was a lot of uh, musicians. We've been talking about Megadeth a lot, so that jumps right, out. Right, and there right. was a lot of stuff that came out through the Bush years that yep. that. For better or worse, I don't have a stance one way or the other on it, but it did influence musicians, and and uh, the music definitely took a, a real political kind of turn. Yep. And I think um, in the the early two thousands, a lot of music took a, a political turn with the uh, Afghanistan war and Iraq war and some of that stuff that was going right, on. Right, right. So we're definitely going to see something. How I don't know. I'm sure it's definitely influenced movies and art already you're already having all these m movies that may have been shot a couple of years ago but now they're getting ready to come out and all of a sudden it went from you know their dystopian future has to do with a, a virus and i saw one on there where it was about the covid 25 <laughs> right. uh, uh thing and i know for a fact they didn't just shoot that since yeah. that started right you know but um but that's it that's going to influence there's going to be a lot of bleakness and a lot of um isolation a lot of yeah. emo music a lot of dark music i think is going to come yeah, out i think so because of that people have been sitting at home and and isolating themselves yeah. and i would say like a lot of uh books and things like that that were written uh maybe when when they were back in england when they were sequestered in their homes because bombs were falling it's kind of the same thing you it know is. you're within yourself you're not having this stimulation so it's going to for better yeah. or worse it's going to influence your Absolutely. There's going to be some sort of echo that happens in the art world. Good artists are mirrors and yeah. and, and, and mimes, and, and they show you yeah. reflections of yourself. So. Yeah. And I think there might be somebody listening who's, who's thinking, well, if I, if I write a song that reflects 2020, it's just bringing you know, everybody down. Not necessarily. I, I think you know, the 60s was a big time with civil unrest, and we hated government, and Things like that too, and some of the best music come out of the sixties. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Exactly. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> right? That's a great song, but exactly. it's depressing as fuck. It is. It is. I don't know. I just I think there's a lot there, but uh, man, we could we could probably go on for a long time. We're hitting a, close to an hour. Yeah, I got um, band rehearsal. Yeah, you do. Uh, I'm actually going to make some art today. You are. I'm going to jam. It's going to feel so good. Yeah, I'm sure. I love. I love it. I love it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read through something here that right. uh, I wanted to share with everybody because I think it's important. Album art might only appear to be wrapping paper of the gift inside that we call music. Album art stands as the marketing billboard, the visual illustration of what the album art is about, or simply a statement. As as you've listened into this episode, I'm sure you've you've picked up on some of those kinds of thoughts. Perhaps as an artist, we need to think about the total package, our appearance, how we how we sound. How we package our work, you know. So if you're a visual artist, you know, what do you look like? I know we we joke about this with a lot of people. It's like, oh, I guess eccentric. If it's who you are, then it's who you are. Be you. That's kind of the idea here. In essence, as artists, our work is more than the product. Our work is the songs on the album. It's the visual that people see. It's the reason we pick shit up when we're in the store. It's our first impression. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Paul, do you have any final thoughts on this? Yeah, I think more than wrapping paper. It's a box. It's the box that comes in because you throw the wrapping paper away, but a box, a nice box, even a cigar box is yes. is worthless. Yes. But if it looks cool, you, you keep, keep it. it. You put stuff yeah, in it. Right. Be the be the cool box. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I'm keeping that. There's there's a lot to digest in this episode. And I know if you've listened the whole way through, you've you've probably picked up on some of the some of the just of it. 
uh, being a musician and an artist, a photographer, and and all that, I I really, for me, music is, and perhaps it's because I got drums coming. I'm <laughs> thinking more about music, but for me, music has always been a way of uh, having. For me, it's a hobby, right? So right. I know there might be people listening. Music's not their hobby, but for me, it's the hobby that is the ether that makes me want to be creative. And I think it's what I've been missing mm-hmm. in my life for many years. Uh, I don't have to produce anything. I, I'm actually the type of person who loves to be in the studio creating, uh, musically speaking. Mm-hmm. This ether that I'm talking about is what really gets my creative juices flowing. I could I could jump from studio to studio in a day and be happy. Yeah, I could make music in the morning and paint in the afternoon and you know uh, put it all together later, do some editing, do some whatever. I think as artists, we, we feel these things. We do these things a lot. You know, there's a lot of famous musicians mm-hmm. that are painters, right. photographers, and they, they do other things because it's fun. For me, it's reversed. I do the art because it's my career, and I do the music because it's fun. So, I don't know. Share this episode. Subscribe if you're not already, and I'd love for you to leave us a review. I'm thankful all of you listening shared your time with us. I sincerely hope this episode got you thinking about your own creative journey and really gets you poised to get out there and do something for yourself. I hope you become a regular. Thank you for dropping in the studio, Paul. I really enjoyed having you here. Until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse be thirsty. Spend some time with your creative friends. Chat a little bit. Talk about the good shit. Make art. Go do something fun. See you, Paul. Later. Later.